Hey guys, it's Ben here from the Weymouth Street Massive, and we'd like to say a massive thank you to you for tuning in to our new podcast series, Back of the Net. And we'll be interviewing Will Fuller on our first episode, and we'll try and keep them coming to you monthly. And just a reminder to go subscribe to our YouTube channel, Weymouth Street Massive, so you don't miss the highlights from these podcasts. So thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome back to another video or podcast. We just thank you for joining us. It's the Weymouth Street Massive, and it's Ben here this week. Um, and this is a new sort of uh, series for us. We're going to be doing, we're going to be interviewing players, coaches, managers from around non-league and anybody who we can find that will um, want to talk to us. Uh, and I'm very grateful to introduce our guest for this uh, month's podcast, which is Will Fuller of uh, Bath City currently. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, so, we're going to be talking a bit about Will's career uh, and talking about football in general and where it's been and then some real gritty questions about the, uh, the importance of the non-league um, and the issues around footballing at the moment. Um, so, what better way to start than to introduce you as um, someone who's been on a bit of a journey through his career, so to say. Yeah. Um, started off with the Ipswich under-18s. Um, Sadly, didn't quite make it, um, and and gone to Salisbury, not too far from from here. And how was that sort of experience of going through that? Yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, I started like most people do, just playing local local league football as a kid. Um, come from a family, not much of a sporting background. In all honesty, neither my parents were sporty, but my best mate at school, Dale, um, his family was did everything with sport. Help. Got friendly with him in the playground, went and tried out for the local team at like seven years old, Stone Market Town, and just played local football um, just as a kid, just enjoying it, you know, the, playing with your mates, um, just having fun with it until about, I think I was 15. I uh, played in a county match for Suffolk, uh, played 45 minutes, six weeks were there, uh, picked me up, invited me for a, for a six week trial, and got signed after three weeks. and. I think I was, you know, up until that point, I've been trying to take football seriously, but never really getting it anywhere with it. Um, but I had, had some time at Ipswich, um, had some games for the 16s for the under 18s, you know, playing with some unbelievable players, and um, have gone on to do some really good things in the game. Um, you know, someone like Conor Wickham had an unbelievable career, um, and one that I could probably only only, only <laughs> dreamt of really. But yeah, I, I was probably never quite good enough at the right moments. And when decisions were being made on contracts at 16, at 18, I was never quite good enough at the right times, and that's you know that's the reality of it. Um, so I moved. I'm not due to move down south. Left home just before my 16th birthday. Um, a couple of years at Salisbury City, and absolutely loved it. But there was a there was an element there of, of growing up really quickly, moving away from home, um, living at the college that they put us through academics, and I had an amazing time and did a lot of growing up. But again, never never quite made the cut. I only made the bench for the reserves maybe a couple of times. Um, so the next option for me was, was to have a look at what came next, and that was university, really. Yeah, uh, and then you get your big break there from there on at Cardiff. Um, how did that moment feel when suddenly you, you find yourself at the university and Cardiff met uh, in the Welsh League and give you this opportunity to come and play for them? For me, going away at that point was more about following the academics, trying to work out what I was going to do in, in other areas of my life. You know, football wasn't the driver for really to go into Cardiff Met. Um, at the time, they were in the fourth fourth tier of Welsh football. Um, I went there because 
one of the other goalkeepers at Salisbury was going there and his mate said it was decent and it was in a big city. Um, so it was about the other part of part of my life at that point, thinking I wanted to be a sports scientist at a football club. Um, like I said, they were, I think there was only one team at the time, um, maybe just about a reserve side, but the club grew across the sort of 10 years that I was there. Um, it, was, it was an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, you know, four promotions into the Welsh Premier League and into Europe, but also in the British universities and colleges side of things as well. We, we promoted three times into the, to the top level of that and then you know, won the national championship. So it was, it was, I look back and it was incredible. I, I had a brilliant time there, met some, some of the best people, lifelong friends. Um, and it was probably a journey that I never really expected to have going there. You know, at the time, Cardiff Met wasn't really up there with, with the elite of, of footballing universities. It is now. Um, and it was great to play a, a small part in that along the way. I mean, that's, that's an incredible story. And I mean, it's amazing that they, these universities are out there and these opportunities are there for players when they're coming up through. Um, and I've just got some of your stats here, which I absolutely love. Um, so. For the first team, I believe, uh, Cardiff Met Uni, 105 appearances, 32 clean sheets. Like that, that's got to mean something to you. Yeah, I think I think all in all competitions at all levels, I've played over 300 for the club. So um, I, I was just so pleased to be part of it. You know, there was, there was a, a lot of a lot of hard times. We went, we did it the hard way. We went through all of the, the divisions. You know, um, getting kicked off the park by some of the teams because they thought we were just, just a bunch of students that they could push around but you know I'm, I'm proud of proud of the contribution I made at that club um, and, and yeah look back on it really really fondly. Uh, we'll get into some, some of the specifics about where you ended up with Cardiff and, and the, the amazing things that you achieved um, but there is another chapter currently ongoing um, as part of your career um, when did you know it was that time to, to move on? Um, it was such a difficult decision. Um, I think I was getting to a point where if I didn't do it now, I was never going to move on. Um, I think we'd achieved such brilliant things, but personally, I wanted to see what else was out there. Um, I played all of my senior football in Wales, and I thought the time was right to, to explore what opportunities there were within the English leagues. Yeah. Um, and it was it was purely that. It was it was for the new challenge. It was to you know see see what else I could achieve in the game. Um, it was a strange summer because I didn't have anything lined up. I, I made the decision to leave Cardiff Met without securing my next club, um, which is quite a risky thing to be doing. Um, but you know the way things worked out over that summer, I was had a, had a chat with the gaffer at Bath and, and came in and trained, um, and we, we got to a, a place in pre-season where the opportunity to stay for the season. And it's a brilliant club, a really really good club. Um, some fantastic people there. You know, at the start of the season, the understanding was that you know you're going to come in, you're going to have to fight for this place and take opportunities when they present themselves. And the, and the way that Ryan's been playing this season, you know, full credit to him. The opportunities <laughs> just haven't come. Um, but you know, that's that's credit to the goalkeeper that he is, but also the person he is. He's been brilliant with me. Um, I think we've got a really good working relationship um, on and off the pitch as well. So you feel like you've been able to learn stuff off him being captain of the club. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, coming through. Um, at Cardiff for many years I was the senior goalkeeper you know, by, the, by the age of sort of 22, 23 I was the senior goalkeeper so to have someone you know, with his experience in the Football League and who's achieved the things that he's achieved um, it's been really really good to, to pick things up and you know, even down to the small technique tweaks you know, that yeah. he does things differently it's been good to watch and observe and learn and then working with Bookie as well the goalkeeper coach you know, his knowledge of this not just this league but you know, goalkeeping in general has been 
really, really good. So yeah, it's a brilliant club, great people, and I'm, I'm enjoying the experience. That's brilliant. And you've made uh, three appearances, as you've already told me, uh, two in the uh, league currently and one in the uh, cup competitions. Um, what, what would you say that experience like the first time you walk out there for, for Bath uh, in, in the jersey? Yeah, I mean, it's a really well-supported club. Um, that's one thing to, uh, I can't really praise enough is the way that the fans have been. Um, you know, I haven't had an opportunity to contribute an awful lot on the pitch, but still still speak to the fans on a match day. Um, and they've, they've been great. So. Um, you know, I had a few games pre-season and, and to walk out at Swerton for the first time. I, I didn't really realise at the time that I played against Bath's youth side for youth side for Salisbury, um, but to walk out at Swerton on a packed evening is, is, is quite an experience. You know, it's a brilliant ground, loads of character. Um, and you know, I, I played, made my debut away at um, Ricky, um, but then to make the home debut against Hungerford was, was special and something I really enjoyed every part of it apart from the result. <laughs> Uh, but you've got a second appearance, you go on to win the game. I think it was, was it a 2-1, 3-1 result? Uh, I can't remember. No, we beat Bilirikki 1-0, we lost to Hungerford. Uh, sorry, 2-3-1 two, two against Bilirikki, we lost to Hungerford 1-0, and then the welcome game. I can't remember the final score in the end, but I know we got through, yeah. which is the most important thing. No, it was a great to... Uh, yeah, well, great to see you actually uh, getting the opportunity to play against some smaller sides around the county. Obviously, uh, fans of the channel would know Welton fairly well from um, Warminster's games um, against them. Um, and I guess that's the magic of the sport is that you, you know, teams as big as Bath, because they are, they are definitely bigger, um, get to play uh, teams in, in lower leagues and so, so to speak, test their metal um, against them. And that's the amazing thing, that opportunity that the league cups and the county cups provide. Um, and, I hope you enjoyed your experience at Wilson. Yeah. Um, from what you said, it's a, it was a tough game. Um, not exactly the, the most beautiful display of football, but that's what we love about non-league. Yeah. But we've, I've been on the other side of that as well. You know, with there's been a few others along the way. I spent a, a month up at St Mirren as a kid. Um, and Kenny McLean, who's now at Norwich in the Prem, was there. Um, and I've played against some some good players as well. I think I played against Oxley Chamberlain when he was at Southampton. Um, I think we lost six and then he scored potentially all six. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been you know I've been really really lucky to come up against some some good players and even you know even look back at pre-season from this year, um, Cardiff City bringing down a full strength side. You know I didn't play that day, but that was that was good to be involved in Exeter. You know when we were playing against them, these are full-time sides and you know I don't think people quite appreciate the level that professional footballers at, at any level are at. Um, you know, they are they are. The elite athletes, they are the elite uh, in terms of technique and, and, and even mentality as well. So, yeah, to, to go up against these kind of players and you know, test yourself is, is really important. No, that's, that's amazing. And as an Arsenal fan, I'm great to hear about Oxley Chamberlain. <laughs> uh, still uh, lives uh, somewhere special in my heart for the years that he spent there, um, even if he did go to Liverpool. <laughs> um, but I might say I know the answer to this question, but I might well be wrong. But what would you say is your career highlight? Um, in terms of individual moments, I would probably say the playoff Europa League playoff final against Bala. Um But I think that's only as special as it was because of the, the combination of efforts across many years to get to that point. Yeah. You know, we, it, that was a, the crowning moment in the journey. Um, so for me, probably the career highlight is, is the journey. Um, at Cardiff Met in terms of going from Welsh League Division 3 through the ranks and into the Prem um, with, with, with friends you know, 
a lot of people look at the club because it is exclusively for students at the university. They find it really difficult to understand why it's so special. But it is exactly like playing with your schoolmates when you're seven, eight years old. The, the people you spend your, all of your days with. Um, you know, you, you, for many of us, we live together. You know, we, we shared houses, we rented together. Um, we'd be going off the lectures together. We'd be eating in the students' union at lunchtime. We were literally under each other's feet the whole time. So to go through that kind of journey with with your best mates was was really really special. But it sort of all came together in that moment. You know, in terms of in terms of actually getting to Europe. That's, I mean, that's just incredible. Um, and you win against Bala, you know, incredible result. Um, and then you find yourself on, well, uh, a European tour, yes, uh, in, in other words. And in that moment when it's you know, the final results in against, in against Bala Town, and you realise I'm going to have to go to Europe now, what's the first thing that crosses your mind there? Uh, to be honest, the first thing that, that crossed I think, all of our minds was where are we going that evening, how are we going to celebrate this? <laughs> but yeah, in the, in the days that followed, it, there was so much uh, attention to it because I think it's one of the first times that a student side, I think, um, you know, University College Dublin had done it before. Um, but for you know, it, was, it was quite a unique story to have a, a student team making um, the Europa League. So, there was loads and loads of attention in the following days and, and then when it started to sink in you're thinking right there's going to be a lot of eyes on this on this first game um, you know who are we going to get drawn against how are we going to perform um, don't, don't mess it up basically you know, the, the, the eyes are watching so um, yeah there was, there was a lot to get sorted and I know behind the scenes there was a lot of people working very hard to make sure that we were, you know, had the right medicals and all the, the travel and all that sort of stuff but um, I think our first concern was you know, who are we going to get drawn with? Yeah. Uh, and so you, you get this game, um, I can't remember on top of my head, but are you the home first and then away? No, we were away in Luxembourg first. Yeah, we, we, you know, the draw was done and we had the top seed and we were definitely the bottom seed. Um, so there was a bit of sort of thinking, oh, what are we in for here? Are we going to get a drug in? But no, we went away to, to Luxembourg um, to play Night of Corn and um, we did everything right. You know, the preparation was spot on, the, the game plan was spot on. Um, really disappointed to concede in the way that we did because we've done so much to prevent them scoring. If we could have come away with a nil-nil, I think we might have potentially progressed. But we lost one nil away um, and then we had a home, home leg uh, back in Cardiff that we, we won 2-1. So we, you know, we won a game in Europe, which is, in itself was an achievement, um, but sadly got knocked down on away goals. No, we certainly was a bittersweet moment then, knowing that you've Massive, won, mate. Massively, yeah. I mean, it was it was an interesting game because we went with a completely different game plan in the second leg. Um, and to be honest, we tried to do a bit of a job on them um, and went long and battled physically. And um, they were rattled. You know, I remember coming in at half time and there was a bit bit of uh, afters in the tunnel. Um, <laughs> and you know, we knew we had them rattled. Um, so and then you came in at full time. We went, we went two 0 up and we're looking around thinking we're about to do this yeah. um, but then they got their goal which, which put them through and we're back in the dressing room afterwards and it, it was exactly that it was bittersweet we were sort of looking around big smiles but also gutted yeah. um, but very very proud of what we what we managed to achieve in winning the game in Europe which of course you could have been a bit more yeah I mean I, I imagine that at the moment Scotland is somewhat special I, I imagine you've got photos somewhere of, of that day and, and the, yeah. the times you had there um, and how incredible um, that is. Um, and just really wanted to talk about the opposite end of the spectrum. What, what's the moment that in your career where 
you know, compared with this amazing uh, journey at Cardiff, thinking, wow, this is this is the lowest moment of my career. This is pretty tough. There's, there's been plenty. You know, I think anyone who's who's played the game for you know a number of years would have had lots of ups and downs, but. In, in some respects, without the without the lows, the highs aren't as meaningful. Um, I think you know, I look back at, at different times in in my, in my life. You know, getting released by Ipswich was a huge hit, um, one that I probably didn't appreciate at the time of quite how much it affected me. The boyhood club being released and told you know, at 15 that you're not going to be good enough was hard to take. But you know, um, there's there's individual games and individual moments. The one that um, people always look back at we had a box game um, and I had an absolute stinker I think of the four goals pretty much all four my fault but you know, some of that's the nature of the position but like I say without, without the lows the highs aren't aren't quite as meaningful and I think the challenge sometimes with players is to sort of equalise those a little not get too high when it's good and not get too low um, when it's not because usually good times are around the corner and if you're on a good run sooner or later it's going to come to an end so trying to, trying to be pretty stoic about it all and um, Enjoy it while it's good, but not get too bogged down in it when it's not. It's important. And in those moments when it when it does go wrong, how do you pick yourself up from that and um, go again the next week? Yeah, in different ways. To be honest, I mean, sometimes it's, it's really nice to have a game right around the corner because you've got an opportunity to put it right. Particularly if it was an individual um, low, you know, you've, you've let the side down with, with, with your performance, but. Even if it's a collective, hopefully the, the opportunity to put it right quite soon is there. Um, I mean, personally, I, I like to to wait a day till the emotion's gone and then have a right a right good think about it. You know, really reflect on it. If there's any video footage, have a little watch. Um, but also gain a gain a bit of perspective as well. Spend a bit of time away from it. You know, I'm really lucky to have a good support network in terms of um, family and friends and loved ones. So spend a bit of time with them, not thinking about it before before getting in and trying trying to correct the mistakes. Well, I mean, great wisdom there. Um, and I think this is what I've been looking forward to the most. Is there a funny football story that sticks out to you throughout your career? Funny football story? Um, there's, yeah, there's probably there's loads, probably too many to mention. And some that actually probably should never be um, committed, to, committed to a podcast. But um, funny football story... Not to talk my head, yeah. I'm about to come back to it now. No, that's all good. Um, and your ambitions? Where, where, where's? Do you have like a next step? Where you just? Is it just a year at a time, season at a time? Um, for me, it's always been about continuing to challenge myself. You know, I wouldn't have stepped away from from the game in Wales if it wasn't about that. You know, my next challenge is to try and establish myself within the English system. Is to is to you know um, play a consistent number of games and improve my ability this side of the bridge. But, but overall, for me, it's always always about playing as high as I can, and in some respects, you know, I'm 28 now, as long as I can, um, and, and maintaining you know my high standards and hopefully a high standard of playing for as long as possible. Yeah, well, we, we really hope that you know that you know you get the, you know, a great opportunity at, at Bath or and, and anywhere else that you end up um, playing. We hope to you know see you throughout the league system in England. Um, you know, we've had great fun um, already seeing you. Um, Play at play at Bath and, and meeting you at games. Um, so I know that we're really looking forward to seeing wherever uh, the football takes you. Um, so thank you for for that amazing career summary, so to speak. Because I'm sure there's so much more uh, to to your career than what you can say here.
Um, but I thought we'd just have a chat about general general football, football chat generally, um, and get it from a footballer's perspective. Um, all, all the big issues that we might discuss at, at home. Um, and you said this might be tricky, but I'm going to pose it anyway and see, see what you come up with. But if from footballers in history, who makes your fireside team? Um, I, this, is, this is an impossible question, I think, <laughs> but I'm going to go with um, a team of goalkeepers. It's the only thing that I know. So um, I'll chuck Buffon in goal, absolute legend of the game. Um, couldn't have a, a five-a-side team without him. I think it'd be great to have around the place. Um, you've got to have Edison in there because he's unbelievable with his feet. Um, I would personally chuck Richard Wright in there too, a boyhood hero. Um, and then I'd go with um, Alisson up front again because he's a talented Brazilian with, with great feet. Um, and I'm going to sub myself in every now and again um, and just tap <laughs> on him for, for two yards just to say that I've been around that kind of quality. But, you know, you can, you can put anyone in there. Um, I could make an Ipswich dream five side. I could make you know a serious one in terms of genuinely who I think are the best players in the world. But I'll go with that. I think. Uh, I mean, that, there's there's some serious talent in there uh, anyway. So uh, that's that's incredible. Um, but I mean, you talk about football uh, around the world. The, the, the players that you think are the best. I think that, you know the big debate on everybody's mind um, when it comes to debating um, football uh, is. Who in their prime is better, Messi or Ronaldo? Um, I don't know, I've kind of flip-flops backwards and forwards with my answer on this over the years, but the more I think about it, the more I have to go Messi. Um, which is, I know, I've, I've, <laughs> like I say, I've, I've gone between the two over the years, but I, I think Messi's technical ability just pips it. Um, it's not to say, obviously, Ronaldo doesn't have unbelievable technique, but he is bolstered by his freakish physical attributes. Um, I think when you look at Messi, he's, he's just unbelievable. And I know, I know you could argue he's also got freakish physical attributes in that he's low centre of gravity, helps him. But I think, uh, yeah, I think I just have to pin my colours to the mast and, and go with Messi. I mean, I, I tend to agree. I mean, if there's one person that I'm ever going to watch, it's going to be Messi um, with the ball at his feet. I don't think there's any, been anybody better. Um, uh, it's a magic to watch. Um, so I'm going to agree with you on that one. I mean, have a debate uh, in, in the comments or <laughs> with your friends as to whether that's right or not. But um, uh, we're in agreement here. It is messy. Um, and prediction-wise, so the three big uh, competitions. I mean, two of them are played every year, but World Cup is on the horizon. Is coming. So Premier League winners, Champions League winners, and the World Cup winners. Who's who are you going for? I think I'll go Man City for the Prem. Um, I don't quite know how the rest of this season is going to play out, but yeah, I think I think if they don't win it this year, I think City will probably bounce straight back and win it next year. Um, I'm going to have to go England for the World Cup. We got so close in the Euros, and um, I think the, the amount of talent that we've got, if we can use that as sort of fuel for the World Cup and um, you know, help that try and use that sort of pain, so to speak, at the final um, as fuel, then. Hopefully England can go all the way. Um, if they don't do it this time, I should pray they do it at some point in my lifetime. Um, and Champions League, difficult one. I, I might go City again, to be honest, because I think it's still on their radar as, as that elusive trophy. Um, I think you, know, you look at the size of the squad, but the quality of the squad, they've got the resources to do it. Um, I think it's just a matter of, of when rather than if. So yeah, yeah. they're my predictions. Yeah, I think fair enough. Um, and. 
think it is with the amount of money that um, City are pouring in at the moment it seems inevitable yeah. at some point in the future they will get that elusive leave me City or Newcastle for the prep so. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you feel with Newcastle doing is that sort of a um, I think you can look at many of the clubs and, and most of them are doing it by spending cash so if, they, if the powers that be deem them to have, um, to have been acquired through through fair means and they spend the money and win the league then I guess it's as fair as anyone else Fair enough. The end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, another big question here, um, and it could be one that you've referred to already, but best player in the world right now. When you watch football, who do you think that is? <sighs> um, right now, the trouble is that everybody's so in and out of form all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do you know what? I've watched far, far less football these days than I used to. Um, I'm a bit out of the loop to be honest, but you're looking at someone at the minute. I, I genuinely think Harry Kane is underrated, and that's a mad thing to say given that he's looked upon as one of the best best players in the world. Um, but I think he does everything that you want from a number nine. So um, he's up there. Salah is always having another strong season. Um, I it. I, it's tough. I'll go. I'll go with one of them too for now. No, I think that's a safe bet. I mean. For me personally, just watching the season, most uh, he's going to take the golden boot again, most likely, and um, it seems inevitable if he stays next year, it'll be a be a similar similar um, record. Um, I mean, he's won the Premier League and the Champions League in the last couple of seasons. So, what I would say is, like I say, I don't watch as much football as I used to. Also, we don't get all that much coverage of, of you know your German leagues, your French leagues, Italian. So there's probably some. Oh, really good things going on over there that we're just not quite aware of. Lewandowski saying records left, right, centre. That's, 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 that's kind of what I mean, but I'll go with, I'll go with one of them too. So, yeah. uh, I reckon that's a, that's a great one to answer. And we're going to go on to some more serious questions uh, now um, and, and talk about some of the issues that might be facing football right now. And one that's dear to our heart on the channel is obviously the, uh, the talking point of non-league Often, normally, can be a, a, an unforgiving place, a, a place where um, it gets forgotten about when you're looking at the Premier League and the uh, Championship. So, what's what's important? What, what how is important to football is non-league, and why should someone go and support their local non-league club? It is so so important. You know, the, the a pyramid doesn't exist without a strong base. Um, and, you know, across the country, there's local teams everywhere. Um, be vying to survive first off, but also to give their community something to be proud of. Um, you know, whether it's pride in, in the club or pride in the team, or it's a sense of connectedness with, with other people who are there supporting. Um, I think it's it's really really important. You look, we've just gone through a couple of years where we've all been isolated. What better way to bring people together than through local football? You know, spending an afternoon on the terraces with a mate, um, you know, talking over all of the things that. That life brings, I think, it's so so important, and, and it needs support, it needs funding, um, and it needs to be looked after because it is is the, the lifeblood of football in, in uh, across the UK. I think, yeah, without a doubt, um, and I think that's such a such a great reasoning uh, why. I mean, personally, I was always watched the Premier League for a number of years now, and uh, um, the last couple of years I've sort of been introduced as well of non-league and often it can lie under the surface but it's just it's incredible it it's, it's a different experience as well as the other thing I mean you know you, you could not go well, I don't think you could go to um, a Premier League ground you know, lean against the hoardings and have a chat with the 20 goal a season striker when you come down to toilet and 
and you're there early enough and the lads are out just doing their own little bits of stretching, you can have a chat with Jack Batten made a couple of hundred appearances, Baldy 300 appearances, Cody scored God knows how many goals a season. Yeah. You don't get that anywhere else, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's not just connecting us on the terrace, it's also with with the, the, the 11 and the 16 or you know, the 20-man squad that you've turned up to watch. So yeah, I don't think there's, in terms of like an experience, I don't think it gets any better than non-league, um, even when you chuck 67,000 people in an, an arena together. Oh yeah, it's just incredible. Um, and well, for you right now, we're, having been in the, the, the football community, the, the pyramid system, and also as a fan of, of, of football, what's the biggest issue that faces football at the moment? Um, I think it's, it's possibly giving um, young people um, something to grab hold of. I think we're in a very instant age at the minute um, where attention spans are getting shorter. Um, People maybe don't want to watch a 90 minute game. It's a strange thing to say, but um, and possibly a sweeping statement. But I think it's giving an match day experience that is is what the next generation want. Yeah. Um, and, and encouraging them to get involved at any in any level at any capacity, whether that's watching, playing, officiating, um, you know, helping to run the club, whatever it may be. Um, because these clubs don't exist without that support in the future. You know, you, you look around, especially in non-league and. Argue there's a quite an aging population. I think it's really important to, to get young people behind their local club. Um, there's, there's sort of matters of sporting integrity which have been brought to the fore at the minute with, with ownership of clubs, as we referenced earlier, um, that need to be addressed because you know they, there's bigger bigger pictures in the world. Um, but I think if we're talking on leagues about you know, giving young people something to be proud of in their local club and keeping them involved, you know, all the way through. No, I certainly I, I can't. You know, lift that message up enough, um, and, and lots of you will see our connection with with Warminster Town, um, and and know that that is because the club has given us a platform, and the club has supported us, um, and so many non-league clubs that we have visited have done similar. Um, and, but there is there's always you know, what, what's the next level, what's the next thing with the next generation. So I can't echo that message enough. Yeah, even if it's you know watching videos like you create, you know people people summarising their match day experience. If that's enough to get someone through a turnstile and give them that first taste of, of football, then that's really really important and, and a really valuable thing. No, that's what we're doing, um, and that's that's what we hope we can provide people with. Um, and really great uh, question, I think. What advice would you give to someone who wants to play competitive football? Um, play for enjoyment first. You know, find find a level, find a club. Find a group of people, doesn't matter which of those it is, that you're going to play and enjoy. Um, competition and, and the competitive side of things can come next if, if that's the way you want to go. Um, but above all else, you've got to be enjoying your football, otherwise it's, it's not worth doing. Um, so yeah, find, find a group where you can belong and enjoy the game. Better advice is there than that. Um, and can I just say thank you very much to Will Todd for joining us uh, for this first podcast the launch podcast um, and we I've really enjoyed it and I know hopefully you guys at home will have enjoyed what Will has had to say and the, the amazing things that he's been up to in his career um, and as a thank you um, we'd like to give you a little gift from myself and the lads here um, so I'm just going to quickly grab that uh, for Will um, just as a thank you for, for coming on here um, and answering um, some difficult questions. <laughs> um, thank you very much for having me and best of luck with it. Yeah, so let me just grab that for you. Um,
So we, we are all inspired by your story uh, and where you came. So we felt what better way to, to honour the, the high moments, but also the love of all Canberra. Um, and we got a match day scarf and programme uh, from your game in um, Luxembourg. Do you know what? I actually haven't got either of these as well. I've collected really so many <laughs> little bits along the way from, from different things and you know shirts and stuff like that. But I, I don't think I've got a programme and I definitely haven't got a scarf from that experience. That's, so, yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. And enjoy those. Yeah, keep them in your, your collection. What was an incredible, incredible game. Um, so thank you, Will. Uh, thank you for coming on. It's been a great to have you. Um, and if you haven't already, like and subscribe. Join us on Spotify, uh, on Instagram under Wayne Street Massive, and of course on the YouTube uh, for the highlights of games and other things. And if you'd like to see Will on again, or you'd like to see other people make the suggestions down in the comments, come and join us, join the family. It's been, I've been Ben, this is the Wayne Street Massive, this is Will Fuller, and we'll see you very, very soon for another video and another podcast. Thank you.